Good morning. It's a pleasure to be able to virtually participate in this year's Maritime Forum. I am excited to share our strategy for sustaining American leadership in the global transition to a clean energy economy and to talk about the important role of shipping. For too long now, the energy conversation has been viewed really as a zero-sum game, one of trade-offs, right? So the climate or the economy, we have to choose. Well, as you all have always known, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, we can do right by people as we do right by the planet. Uh, we're looking at a $23 trillion global market in the clean energy transition by 2030. That's $23 trillion. We all have a role to play in securing America's clean energy future and role in that global market. President Biden's clean energy goals put America on an irreversible path to achieving a carbon-free power sector by 2035 and a 100% clean energy economy with net zero emissions not later than 2050. This is the most ambitious climate strategy our nation has ever had and we have no time to waste. The recent UN climate report called this current crisis a code red for all humanity. And the only way to limit global temperature increase is to, to, to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels is by immediately implementing huge greenhouse gas reductions globally. At DOE, we recognize the essential role that we're going to play in eliminating those greenhouse gas emissions. The Efficiency and Renewables Office, which I lead, is laser focused on equitably transitioning the United States to a clean energy economy with net zero emissions. And to enable this transition, we established five programmatic priorities that are gonna focus on decarbonizing the sectors of the economy that there are the major contributors to our nation's greenhouse uh, uh, gas profile. That uh, includes the grid, transportation, extra star there, uh, buildings, the industrial sector and agriculture. And so today I'm going to talk about our initiatives under each priority and discuss the role that shipping plays in achieving those priorities. Uh, the first is to initiate a path to achieving a carbon-free electric sector by 2035. We know that the fastest and the most cost-effective way to decarbonize the economy is to prioritize the transition to a carbon-free power sector. So we need to integrate more renewable energy generation onto the grid while ensuring that it's reliable, secure, that it's affordable, and it's resilient. We need to start work now to accelerate the deployment of those existing resources and continue to drive the down, down the cost of both the, the resources that are uh, commercially viable today and continue the research on those that are that we see have a clear path toward uh, commercialization. Wind and solar, for example, those are already cost competitive in many parts of the country, but meeting our climate goals is gonna require a substantial increase in the deployment of those clean energy resources across the entire country. We will continue to focus our R&D efforts to bring down those costs even more so that we can reach cost parity everywhere in the United States, in urban, rural, suburban, and remote regions. In the maritime sector, there's a huge opportunity to deploy offshore wind onto the grid. Uh, in March, DOE teamed up with the White House with the Departments of Interior and Commerce to announce an ambitious joint agency goal to deploy 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. We like to call it 30 by 30. Uh, we're, we're gonna need to significantly accelerate and scale up our collective efforts as we build this domestic offshore wind supply chain as well. 
meeting that 30 by 30 goal is going to be pretty amazing. Uh, we will create more than 77,000 good paying offshore wind jobs, nearly half of that in communities with offshore wind activity. Uh, we will spur $12 billion in capital investments for offshore wind projects each year. And we will drive the construction of new domestic factories for each major offshore wind component, including turbines and towers, foundations and subsea cables. Uh, and lastly, uh, we will be incentivizing the building of Jones Act compliant wind turbine installation vessels. Importantly, we see that this 30 gigawatt goal is not an endpoint, but really a stepping stone. Analysis from our uh, National Renewable Energy Lab shows that meeting the 30 by 30 goal would enable a 110 gigawatt deployment by 2050. Achieving that level of deployment would open the door to 135,000 jobs, plus annual capital investments of about 15 billion in offshore wind projects each year, increased manufacturing and steel demand, and at least $3 billion in port upgrades. Our second programmatic priority is to decarbonize the transportation sector. This is across all modes, air, sea, rail, and road. Since 2016, we know that the transportation sector has, is the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. And our goals to decarbonize transportation include accelerating the sale of new light-duty electric vehicles, minimizing the use of critical materials in EV batteries, meeting 100% of the nation's sustainable aviation fuel needs by 2050, and enabling commercially viable hydrogen fuel cell long haul heavy duty trucks by 2030. Uh, but as I mentioned, we're decarbonizing transportation across all modes, including maritime transportation. And that's where shipping comes in. I will go into more detail about uh, our shipping strategy a little bit later, but I wanna to get to the rest of those priorities uh, across uh, sectors. And that third priority is to decarbonize the industrial sector. Similar to transportation, the industrial sector represents um, about 20% of the 2019 greenhouse gas emissions. It presents a real, opportunity for us to reduce waste and to move the country towards the Biden, the, the president's uh, goal of net zero emissions. Industrial processes currently contribute as much as 28% of the nation's energy related greenhouse gas emissions. And to address decarbonization there, AERE is working on to identify a pathway to electrify and improve the energy efficiency of industrial processes processes, to use hydrogen for those hard to decarbonize industries like steel, and to capture and use those emissions that are continuing to go out. Uh, we're developing roadmaps to guide our research and development activities to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions across this sector. Uh, some sectors of our economy, especially off-grid ocean-based industries of the blue economy, are going to be different difficult uh, to decarbonize, but these industries are fundamental to our society, providing shipping or offshore aquaculture. Uh, and we believe that the energy needs of the blue economy and remote communities uh, alike really deserve heightened focus. Uh, we're excited that marine energy has the potential to serve these needs. Uh, the blue economy and remote communities alike offer some of the first business opportunities for marine energy. Uh, but we need more research to reduce the costs, to improve performance, and to identify what those market opportunities are so that our research development, our demonstration and deployments address those market opportunities. The fourth priority is to reduce the carbon footprint of buildings. Fourth, uh, it's really, uh, Oh, I just wanted to uh, share with you um, a little stat there. There's over 125 
million buildings in the United States, which have combined energy bill of about $400 billion each year. That's a lot of money. Uh, and we're embarking on a really aggressive whole building approach to reduce operational carbon footprint of buildings in the United States. Uh, these advances will be made while maintaining or improving affordability, comfort, and performance. We're gonna accomplish this through three routes. One is by decarbonizing the grid, which in turn decarbonizes electricity that serves those buildings. Two, by electrifying a significant share of building and uses that currently use fossil fuels, like space heating and water heating. Uh, third is by significantly improving the energy efficiency of buildings and equipment, including heating and lighting systems, as well as the entire building envelope. And fourth, optimizing building performance through grid interactivity. The fifth priority, decarbonizing uh, agriculture with a focus on uh, energy water nexus, is really um, uh, also, look, it looks at those energy water pathways, but it also uh, supports healthy forests and land-based sequestration. Uh, EERE has significant RD&D uh, investments that can help drive that cleaner agriculture sector, and we're working closely with the U.S. Department of Agriculture to do that. The potential is immense. If just 4% of farmland was an agrivoltaic system where farmland and solar energy are co-located, it could generate 10 times the amount of solar energy that we have today. And low temperature geothermal resources and technologies are a good match for many agricultural, agricultural and industrial processes. So we're expanding our work to reduce emissions in that agriculture sector. Uh, we're uh, working on this through development of biofuels, uh, greater efficiency of off-road agricultural vehicles, uh, on-site production of animal waste to clean energy, and uh, better prediction of water flow to be able to design more water energy efficient irrigation systems. So as you can tell, we're instituting an aggressive approach to reducing greenhouse gas emissions across the U.S. economy. And we all know that commercial shipping is the backbone of global commerce, carrying about 80 to 90 percent of all world trade. Uh, international shipping accounts for about 3% of the global greenhouse gas emissions. And if we don't do anything about it, these emissions are going to grow through 2050 under a business as usual scenario, potentially rising to 17% of all global carbon emissions. We have to address this crucial link in the supply chain so that many businesses uh, rely on, that so many businesses rely on if we want to decarbonize the global economy by 2050. And uh, we have to keep those goals of the Paris Agreement within our reach. And so that's why in June, the U.S. announced that in collaboration with Denmark and, and Norway, we're co-leading the Zero Emission Shipping Mission. Through this mission, we will be working with countries in the International Maritime Organization, the IMO, to adopt a goal of zero emissions from international shipping by 2050. Uh, this mission will engage in cooperative activities that are going to help develop, test, and demonstrate maritime energy technologies and make the market ready for zero emission shipping. Uh, it's a critical step in the transition to zero carbon shipping sector, and here in the U.S. we have a strong maritime heritage. We have tens of thousands of commercial vessels, some of the largest ports in the world. We have world-class shipyards. We have seven maritime academies. Uh, and we have a maritime workforce that really numbers in the hundreds of thousands. In addition to our maritime expertise, we're also a leader in clean energy technologies. And so marrying those will be really interesting. At DOE, we invest billions of dollars every year in research, development, demonstration, and deployment of projects. 
our national labs and our academic institutions are some of the most well-respected R&D institutions in the world. Uh, and this strong maritime heritage and clean, and clean tech expertise are really what the US is going to bring to this mission. We have already supported several projects researching and demonstrating hydrogen and biofuels and even wave and tidal energy for maritime applications. And shipping connects economies all over the world, which is why this collaboration is so important. Transformational change in this sector has to be made collectively. So we're thrilled to be working with public and private, public and private partners for, uh, from all over the world on this effort. Um, the mission is being co-led by government agencies from Denmark and Norway and the United States. And the industry co-leads are the Global Maritime Forum on behalf of Getting to Zero Coalition and the Maersk McKinney Moeller Center for Zero Carbon Shipping. Uh, five countries are members of the core group supporting the mission, including uh, Morocco, UK, France, India, and Singapore. And Ghana is uh, participating as a supporting member. Uh, the mission we've laid out is really, it's not easy, I'll admit it. Um, it's going to require some pretty bold and aggressive action. Uh, it is focused on the decarbonization of ocean-going commercial vessels that use petroleum-based fuels. Uh, we're working to shift these vessels toward zero carbon liquid fuels like green ammonia, green hydrogen, green methanol, and advanced biofuels. There are, um, uh, a little more about this mission, there are three pillars for the mission that um, focus on discrete aspects of maritime decarbonization challenges uh, and which all must be addressed really concurrently. One is the vessel, two is fuel production, and three is port infrastructure. Um, and so by 2030, the mission aims to introduce practicable and viable vessels into the global fleet uh, that operate on zero emission fuels. Um, it, it's looking to scale up efficient uh, production of zero emission fuels, and it's looking to establish global port infrastructure to support vessels operating on zero emission fuels, making these clean vessels the natural choice, the first choice for ship owners when they renew their fleets. The goal is that by 2030, ships uh, capable of running on well-to-wake zero emission fuels make up at least 5% of the global deep sea fleet um, as measured by uh, fuel consumption. And that at least 200 ships primarily use these fuels across the main deep sea shipping routes. Uh, this is going to lay the foundation for increasing numbers in following years toward a zero emission shipping future. And at DOE, we are funding the research, development, demonstration, and deployment of uh, zero emission fuels of all types. In June, uh, DOE announced the hydrogen shot, uh, which sets an ambitious and achievable cost target to accelerate innovations and spur demand of clean hydrogen. We call it the hydrogen shot. Uh, and it seeks to reduce the cost of clean hydrogen. And by clean, I mean one ton of CO2 for every kilogram of hydrogen, uh, down to $1 per one kilogram in one decade, decade or 111. Um, this 80% cost reduction goal, 80%, it's pretty crazy in a decade, uh, really will be able to unlock new markets for hydrogen, including the shipping industry, including steel manufacturing as well, clean ammonia, energy storage, heavy duty trucks. Um, and we're also increasing engagement with the private sector to get this done. Uh, we're linking up with de our decarbonization efforts across the entire value chain, promoting public-private partnerships and sharing best practices. 
we need help from our private sector partners like you all here today if we're going to get this done. So uh, in closing, uh, I just want to uh, repeat that we can do right by our planet uh, while maintaining the important industries that support the global economy, uh, including shipping. Transitioning to a clean energy economy is really an all hands on deck sprint if we're going to make sure that all the aspects uh, are considered. Uh, and I believe uh, truly that working together, we can adopt the technologies, the systems and the practices to make sure to, in, in, to, uh, to ensure our clean energy future. So um, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to speak with you today. And I really look forward to uh, perhaps doing this again one day in person. Thank you.